here trying to help you. I'm here to give you what it took me 30, 30 years in ministry to get. Always give thanks. Isn't that something? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. All right, but what we're going to do today is we're going to uh, start this teaching today. Matter of fact, uh, we kind of like, kind of like recap a little bit because I want those people who have not heard this message might have just tuned in today. Uh, we did volume number one. Under volume number one, all these things on your podcast. So remember, we, we not only have uh, being on Facebook, but then when it comes off Facebook, it's going to go on podcast. So God made us part one, volume one, giving thanks to the Father. Part one was God made us partaker of his inheritance. That was part one and two. And then part three and four, what is our eternal inheritance? Be remember, our inheritance is eternal. Even our life we have now is eternal. Then number part five and six under volume one, God delivered us from the kingdom of darkness. God has already done that. We told you what that was. That's your flesh. That was the world, all that, you've been delivered from that, okay? God, see us now as citizens of heaven. We sit together in heavenly places in Christ. So you have to know your uh, inheritance. And then also, we, we move to the next part in volume number two. What is the kingdom of darkness was part one. So if we taught you what darkness was, God delivered you from the kingdom of darkness, you need to know what he delivered you from. So we did a teaching on Part one and two, what is the kingdom of doctrine? All this is on your podcast. And then we move to the part three and part four, which is coming up uh, on your podcast uh, this week. Uh, God translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. God translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Then after that, on your podcast, you would have Christ is the kingdom of God. So we told you, if God translated you into the kingdom of God, into the kingdom of his dear son, then what is the kingdom? The kingdom is Christ. So we have to know that God translated you into Christ, into his own son. All right, Christ is the kingdom. All right, you know that when you, when you, when you went back to the prayer, we call it the Lord's Prayer as we growing up, thine is the kingdom. Remember that? And the power and the glory. Yeah, he is the kingdom. All right, so now we're going to start volume number three. And in and, and volume number three, we're going to move into verse number 14, Colossians 1, 14 again. And whom we have. Now, if you notice, all of this is what you have. Your inheritance is what you have. It's, in the new covenant, God's not trying to get you. He already saved you. He's already did everything for you. Now you need to receive it, okay? So today I'm going to talk about God has forgiven you, receive it. That's going to be verse 14. In whom we have redemption. We have redemption. Okay, what do I need to do, Pastor? You need to receive it. We have redemption. How do we get it, Pastor? Through water baptism? That's what I've been trying to tell you. Look at verse 14, through his blood. How did you get forgiveness of sins? Water baptism, pastor? Bread on the table? No. Washing feet? Circumcision? No. How do you get it? You got it through his blood. See, that's why you need the word, because you're going to a church where people are telling you when you get baptized with the water, 
In Jesus' name, you receive the forgiveness you receive. Listen, that was the Old Testament. And I'm going to show it to you this morning. Going to show it to you this morning. All right. In whom we have redemption. So you listen to me this morning. Verse 14 is what I want you to repeat after me. In whom we have redemption. And then he told you how you got redemption. Through his blood. So don't let nobody deceive you. And then he told you what redemption is in that verse. Even the forgiveness of sins. Now that's, that's what I want to do. I want to be able to walk over this camera and those people who are watching this television broadcast. The Bible told you you have redemption. How do you have redemption? What did the word say? You got it through his blood. That's what this cross is for. That's why we have the cross. We think the people who put this together and painted it because I wanted to look like it's bloody. Because that's what Jesus did. He shed his blood on the cross. Why did he do that? For our redemption, for our sake. What was redemption? What is it again? It's called the forgiveness of sins. So my message once again, volume number three, God has uh, God giving thanks to the Father, part one and part two under volume three. God has forgiven you. Receive it. Wherever you are, if you use the word us, it's okay. God has forgiven us. God has forgiven you. Receive it. That's what I want you to be able to shout out to somebody out there on Facebook. God has forgiven you. Receive it. It's not going to do no good until you receive it. All these things that God has done for the believer, you got to do one thing, that's receive it. So when a man is not saved, when a woman is not saved, why are they not saved? They won't receive it. And I'm going to show you to receive God's word is to believe God's word. To receive God's forgiveness is to believe God's forgiveness. Once again, we, we're not going to leave until somebody said, God has forgiven you. Receive it. I want to say it to this camera in front of me right now. God has forgiven you. Receive it. That's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. Why, why you not? I'm going to show you today why people never receive their inheritance. The, this message here is so powerful. I'm going to show you why in this message, why people have not received their inheritance. Going to ask you out there and watching this morning, why people have not received their inheritance? Because they have not received forgiveness of sins. Until you receive forgiveness of sin from the Lord, until you receive God's forgiveness, you cannot receive God's inheritance. Now this message is so powerful because that's what I'm going to talk to you about. When I tell you that God has forgiven you, receive it, what am I telling you? I'm going to show you in the Word. If you're still trying to get 
forgiveness through water baptism, you have never received your inheritance of eternal life. You can't because you, you're trying to get your salvation through works. Everything God has for you is free. Salvation is free. You just got to receive it. To receive it is to believe it. I, I can't get off of this right off the bat because this is, this is why so many people would die and go to hell believing a lie. And they think they have received the inheritance. You have not. You've been deceived. You cannot receive your inheritance of eternal life until you receive God's forgiveness. When Jesus Christ came here, Jesus Christ said something, Mrs. Crump. Jesus Christ stood on the cross in his dying moment, said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. On the cross, the Father forgave you. But have you received it? If you have not received it, you cannot receive eternal life. What an awesome thing. This, this is life changing. Now, I want to show you the verse. Let's go to Acts 26 and verse number 18. I always read this verse. This is Paul's mission that God told him to what he had to do. Acts chapter 26 and verse 18. You know, we got people still telling you in Matthew, uh, go into all the world. God never told you to go nowhere. God gave one man a mission, that's Paul. He gave Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John a mission to go into all Israel. He called it in that verse, in all the world, which was Israel at that time, and preached the gospel. But yet people are telling you, you got to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Listen, let me tell you something. You got to first learn what you got to do. You got to receive your inheritance first. And you can't do that until you receive forgiveness of sins. Acts chapter 26 and verse 18. Watch what Paul's assignment was to open their eyes. Turn them from darkness to light. That's why he taught God has delivered us from the power of darkness. Turn us from darkness to light. Watch this. Turn us from the power of Satan to God. Why? Why? That they may receive that they may receive. He didn't tell you that you had to do something. He told you you had to receive something. That they may receive. What, what do they have to receive, Pastor? Forgiveness of sins. That they may receive. Do this, Paul. Preach the gospel to them. Preach the gospel of Christ to them that they may receive forgiveness of sins. And watch what happened after the forgiveness of sin and inheritance. See, you don't get inheritance until you get forgiveness of sins. So if you, if you tell God, 
I'm going to get my forgiveness of sin through water baptism. John the Baptist baptized people, and that's how they got remission of sin. I'm going to do it the same way. No, no. John the Baptist was in the Old Covenant. You got Paul preaching now. He told Paul to preach the gospel of Christ. Just listen to it real good. Then send anybody in the water. I'm going to go back up in verse 11. Acts 26, 11. Whereupon Paul says, I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest. Watch what he says. Admit there, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them which would journey with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking to me, saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he says, I am Jesus whom thou persecuted. But rise, stand upon your feet. I have appeared to thee for this purpose. Didn't say he appeared to nobody else for that purpose but, but Paul. To make you a minister, Paul. To make you a witness, Paul. Both of the thing which you have seen and the thing which you have heard, and the which I will also appear unto thee. Deliver thee from the people, from the Gentiles, in whom I now send you. I'm sending you to the Gentiles. Now, did he go? Yeah. Did he preach to all the world? Yep. Do I have a verse to prove that? Yep. Hold your verse right there. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1. Let me show it to you. See, people have deceived you, telling you got to go into all the world. Listen, there are folks whose minds are messed up, left their families, I got to go do what God told. What did God tell me to do? Well, I got to go in all the world. God didn't tell you to go in all the world. He told you to come. C-O-M-E. Search that out in the word. Come. He called you. He called you. Not sent you. Old Testament, he sent you. New Testament, he called you. That's why you got so many people are messed up. And messing up people's heads. Running around with, with the big titles. To have that title is to say, God sent me. And you can't show nowhere in this book, God sent you nowhere. But yet people are being deceived. Going to ministries. Where people are saying, God sent me. You better look at the word real good. Because he told you to make your calling an election sure. Calling. If you do these things, you will never fall. God called you to salvation. You go back and follow that word. Everything is he called you to do. That's why so many people leave the church. God sent me. God told me to do this. No. No, God called you to come, and you want to go. All right, let me move on. Colossians chapter number 1. Watch this verse. Colossians chapter number 1. Watch what Paul says. Colossians chapter number 1, 
and verse number three. I'm going to start verse three. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and love, and love which you have to all the saints. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. So you heard it how? In the word of the truth of the gospel. Not the gospel of the kingdom now, but the word of the truth of the gospel. Which is come to you. Watch what Paul told him. Which is come to you as it is in all the world. Wait a minute, Paul. Are you telling you you preach the gospel to all the world? All the world of that day. Yeah, I preach the gospel to all the world of that day. We're going to look at verse 23 in just a moment because we're going to show it to you again. Paul preached the gospel to all the world. But we thank God talking to us today, going to all the world. Listen, that was Matt, read it. That's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You was not in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There was two as 12 disciples. Different dispensation. Verse number six, which is coming to you as it is in all the world, Paul says, and bringing forth fruit as it does also in you. Watch this. Since the day you heard it and you knew the grace of God in truth. Paul preached the grace of God in all the world. That's why they was judged. That's why Jesus came and that's why they was judged. You read Thessalonians, you'll realize it's because they rejected the grace of God. Look at verse number 23. If you continue in the faith, Colossians 1, 23, grounded and settled, be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. He's talking about the gospel he's preached, which is the gospel of Christ. Which you have heard and which was preached, don't drop your cup, to every creature which is under heaven. Now, who was those creatures he preached to under heaven? the 12 tribes of Israel. They were the only one that Paul preached to. And then he preached to the Gentiles. But here he had preached to every creature which is under heaven, where my Paul was made a minister. So Paul went to the Jew first, then he went to all the Gentiles. All the world, he called it of that day. See, that's where God had Paul to go. That's, if you read the book of Acts, you will see that. Look at this ministry. Look at this ministry. Let's go back to Acts chapter 9. Then I'm going to get back to my message. Let's go back to Acts chapter 9. Watch what Paul had to go to. When you read Acts chapter number 9, you will see where Paul, Paul had to go. God told him in the word three places he had to go and preach. After he saw his vision, he had to go to three different people. And that's in verse number 15. We're going to look at that one. He says, go thy way. He's a chosen vessel to me to bear my name. Watch this. Before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. Now, that's what God sent him. and That was all the world. Gentiles, kings, and all Israel. That's where Paul had to go. But he went to, the, went to the, the Jews first, then the Gentiles, king, and at the end of his ministry, he's back to Israel again. See, that's what you got to understand about Paul. All right, now, God has forgiven us. 
So when I gave you Acts chapter 26, I want to do that one more time just to pick up from there because we're getting ready to move on. And I want to read it out to NLT. So those who listen today, you can get your NLT Bible because this is the Bible we're going to use today. Acts chapter number 26. And I want to go and read uh, verse number 18 because this is what God is telling the Apostle Paul to do. And that's who you're supposed to be following in the Bible. Follow me as I follow Christ, Paul says. That's the man we follow in the new covenant. All right, Acts chapter 26, and watch this, in verse number 18. He told Paul to open your eyes, turn them from darkness to light, turn them from the power of Satan to God. We read the NLT, watch what it says. Then they will receive forgiveness of their sins. Then they will receive, watch this, then they will receive the forgiveness of sins. Then, when you preach to them, Paul, they receive the forgiveness of their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. They will receive, second, their inheritance. You got to receive forgiveness of sin. I can't say it enough. You got to receive forgiveness of sin first before you can receive your inheritance. So if a ministry is telling you to come and be baptized in water in Jesus' name to receive forgiveness of sin, it's impossible. Because you can't receive forgiveness of sin by doing something. Forgiveness of sin is free. When you hear the gospel and believe it, it's how you receive forgiveness of sin. Let me say it again. When you hear the gospel of Christ preach and believe it, you receive forgiveness of sin. All right? Now, let me show you the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ is the power of God. Let me show it to you. Romans chapter 1 and verse 15. I'm going to start there. Romans 1, 15. I'm reading out the King James. So as much as enemy is, Paul says, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that I wrote at Rome also. Well, what gospel you preach, Paul? Verse number 16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Somebody ought to shout it out, the gospel of Christ. Now, what does he mean in the gospel of Christ? Christ's death, you got it, Christ's burial, and Christ's resurrection. Christ died for our sins, and he was buried, and God raised him from the dead. It's the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Now, the gospel of Christ Watch this, is the power of God. Don't forget this, I'm going to ask you this question a little later on today. Because when Jesus sent his 12 disciples out, he gave them power. So when God called you into the grace of God, he also gave you power. That's what you're receiving now. By getting an understanding of his word, power. But what it is, it's the power to preach the gospel. See, you can't preach the gospel if you don't know. And you can't preach the gospel if you don't understand. You can't just go out and tell somebody something because you feel good. You got to know what to say. God got to anoint you to do this. God got to give you the grace first. God got to reveal his son in you first that you might preach the gospel. All right, 
Now, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God. Don't forget what the power of God in the new covenant is. The gospel of Christ is the power of God. On the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Because when you preach the gospel of Christ, verse 17 says, but therein, when you preach the gospel of Christ, the righteousness of God is revealed. You don't get God's righteousness preaching any of the gospel. You got to preach the gospel of Christ, and then God's righteousness is revealed. From faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. All right? Now, that's Romans 1.16. Go to 1 Corinthians, because this is what, what we're going to show you. In 1 Corinthians, we read it all the time here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, showing you what the gospel of Christ is. Moreover, brothers, I declare to you the gospel. What gospel? The gospel of Christ, which I preach to you. Well, what did Paul preach? He preached the gospel of Christ, which also you have received and where you stand, by which also you are saved. By believing the gospel of Christ, you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached to you, well, what did he preach to us? <laughs> the gospel of Christ. Unless you have believed in vain. I delivered to you first of all, what did you deliver to us first, Paul? The gospel of Christ. That which I also received. How that Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture, there it is, number one. Number two, he was buried. Number three, he rose again from the dead the third day. That's the gospel of Christ. Now, if you believe in you can be water baptized and be saved. You, you, you missed it. You've been deceived. You've been deceived. That is not how you're saved. You're saved by the cross and the finished work of Christ. All right. Now, God has forgiven you. Receive it. Now, I'm going to go first of all, in this first service, I'm going to go into God's promise. When, when God promised redemption. God promised forgiveness of sin. Then I'm going to show you that God fulfilled it. All right, so let's go to the promise. Let's go to Isaiah 43, 25. Let's go, let's go to some of these. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse number 25. Let's show, you, let's show you some places in the book of Isaiah. It's starting off number one. Isaiah 43, 25. This is what God promised. I'm reading out of the King James. Isaiah 43, 25. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgression for my own sake. Now watch what God says now. I, even I, blotted out your transgression for my sake. Now, don't, don't drop your cup because the people out there on Facebook this morning, you, you, you can get your praise on right now. Because the first thing he said after that is, and I will remember thy sins no more. Talking to you in camel, camel one, talking to you. I remember thy sins no more. I want somebody to get excited. God says, your sins are forgiven. Receive it. And now what he said to you is, I will remember your sins no more. Now, that was what he promised. I'm going to show you he fulfilled it. And yet, churches are still telling people to come get rid of their sins. They must not have heard. Maybe you haven't heard. Sin was forgiven on the cross. 
Sin was done away with on the cross. And yet people are preaching to you sin every Sunday. Well, you know we're all sinners. You need to run. How can you be a child of the living God in Christ and still be a sinner? Well, you know everybody's sin, Pastor. See, they didn't read it. It said sinned, E.D., past tense. God promised. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25. Watch what it says. I, even I, am he that blotted out thy transgression for my own sake and will remember thy sin no more. I'm going to read that out of the NLT. We, get your NLT ready because it's going to be hot today. Isaiah chapter number 43. This word is going to come out there today hot. I'm telling you right now. Isaiah 43 and verse number 25. Watch what the word said. I, yes, I alone. Wait a minute. I thought people said they baptized in water in Jesus' name. And you, you get, no, no, no. That was the Old Testament. Watch what God's promised. I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. Let, let me, listen. This is, can I just stop right now and give them a, give them a thanksgiving? I will never think of them again. It, 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 I mean, is that awesome or what? God, Isaiah 43 and verse 25, I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. Oh, my God. See, it's man. It's man bring them up. It's not God. God has already forgiven you. But if you don't know, You'll fall into that trap. Isaiah chapter 4. I'm showing you what God promised. Let's go to another promise. Isaiah 118. Now, th this is so awesome. I'm going to give you a cup of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 1. I'm going to show you how Isaiah started off with a promise. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18. This is why I told you God called you. Watch what God says. Come now. Isaiah 118 of the King James. I'm going to read it out to NLT just a moment. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Now I'm going to read that same thing. Watch what God said. Isaiah chapter 1. This is what he promised. Now we know that we got in on the promises in Christ. So Isaiah chapter 1 and verse number 18. Come now, let's settle this, God says. <laughs> I like that. NLT says, come now, let's settle this, saith the Lord. Though your sins be, though your sins are like scarlet, I would make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them white as wool. Now, how's God going to make their sins white as wool? Let me show it to you. He's going to do it. I'm, I'm going to give you a preview. Revelation chapter 1. Let, let's let's show, show you one verse. Don't have much time. I'm going to show you one verse. Revelation chapter 1. 
how is God going to make their sins white as snow? Revelation chapter 1 and verse number 5. Are you there? Revelation 1 and 5 says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, here it is, and washed us from our sins in his own blood. I'm going to stop right there. How did, what did, how did God get the sins white as snow? He washed us from our sins in his own blood. That's what he did on the cross. That's why they let him beat, they let them beat him. That's why they let him, let them put the thorn on his head. That's why they, he let them pierce him in his side. They, he let them nail the nails in his feet. He let them nail the nails in his hand because he needed the blood to come out. What was he doing? Washing us from all our sins. Somebody ought to get the Lord to pray. If you realize that out of all the stuff you have done in your life, let me look at this camera. Out of all the stuff that you have done in your life, listen to what God said to me in his word. God has forgiven you. Receive it. My God, my God. For God to forgive you, he has pardoned you. Let, let, me, let me give you some, let me give you some, a definition of the word forgive. When God said he has forgiven you, he has pardoned you. He has remitted your sins. That's where we get the word remission of sins from. He has canceled your debt. He has released you from being an offender. See, when you've, been, you, when you've been forgiven, you've been released. You're not an offender no more. He removed you from one account. Let, let me say this to you. you. You got people who have done some things wrong in their lives and those people had to go into prison for a while and they labeled those people as offenders. Let me tell you something. You got to stop confessing what man said about you. You got to start confessing what God said about you. Because if God has forgiven you, you're not an offender no more. Now that's good news, ain't it? You cannot be an offender. See, they put all these words on you. You know, you made a mistake one day, but now you, you got to wear that name on your, on your badge forever that you are this kind of offender the rest of your life. Now watch this. You got to hear what God says. When he has forgiven you, he has pardoned you. See, that's just like it is when you, when you watch things happen in this country and people get pardoned. And then people reach out all the stuff they've done. But see, when you've been pardoned, your record is wiped clean. Your sins are remitted. Your debt is canceled. You are released from being an offender. You are removed from, sin is removed from your account. 
Sin, sin has been removed from your account. Everything you have done have been wiped clean from your account. That's awesome, man. That's, see, that's why we, we hard, we, when I say we, we hard to forgive people. Because if you're going to forgive people, you cannot still hold a grudge. When you forgive people, you have pardoned them. You have remitted what they've done. You have counseled the debt. <coughs> Excuse me. They are not an offender anymore. You have removed sin from their account. Everything that they have done has been washed, wiped away. Let's go back to some of these promises. So if they've done something, there's no record no more, is there? There's no record. See, what happened is we tell people, oh, yeah, I, for I forgive you, but I'm not going to forget it. No. If you forgave, there's no more record of what you've done. Praise God for his goodness. All right, now let's, let's, let's move on, because this is, this is just what God promised. I'm going to show you what it did after a while. Jeremiah 31, 31. Let's go to Jeremiah. Jeremiah 31, 31. See, all this stuff is so good, man. It just... When I hear people talking about water baptism, it stirs me a little bit because they, they, they really take it away from what God has done for you. God has forgiven you. And what man is doing... Man is, is trying to get you to believe their tradition and their religion. And a lot of people are falling for it because they fail for it. Jeremiah 31, 31. I'm not going to be able to read it all. If you get a chance, go back to verse 27 and read it all. But here he's going to use 31 and 31. Behold, the days come, said the Lord. I will make a new covenant. Now this is the new covenant. The covenant that we have is the new covenant. Pre preaching the gospel of Christ is the new covenant. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom, watch this, is the old covenant. I'm going to show you that in the message. To preach the gospel of the kingdom for people to be saved, you're preaching the old covenant. God did not give you the old covenant. God gave you the new covenant. Okay? Now watch what the word says. Jeremiah 31, 31. Behold, the days come and say the Lord, I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. And the first thing people said, well, we're not the house of Israel and we're not the house of Judah. Yeah, but Jesus was. So you got everything you got in Christ. Christ was of the house of Israel. Christ was of the house of Judah. And then it says, notwithstanding, but not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was a husband unto them, said the Lord. And that's why you call the church of God, God's wife, because God's son was their husband. God was their husband. But this shall be a covenant that I would make with the house of Israel after those days, said the Lord. 
I will put my laws into their inward parts. God said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to write them in their hearts. And how is he going to do all this? By the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be their God and they shall be my people. Watch verse 34. And they are teach no more. Every man is neighbor. Every man is brother saying, know the Lord. Watch what God said. They're all going to know me. They're all going to know me from the least to the greatest. Why? I will forgive, here it is, their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. Listen, they all going to know me because I'm going to do something going to blow their minds. See, Israel has been offering up, <coughs> excuse me, Israel been offering up lambs and goats and turtle doves and pigeons and uh, oxen and all this stuff. But at the same time, God said, there'll come a day you know I'm going to have to do that no more. Oh, they had to circumcise. That's why they had to circumcise because circumcision is a type of cutting away the, of the old man. That's why they had that covenant. God said, there'll come a day you're not going to have to worry about cutting yourself no more. Unless you just need, a, need to. But it won't be no covenant. Won't be no more Old Testament covenant for you. You, can ha you have to wash off, wash off water to get rid of sins. The day is coming when you're not going to have to be worried about eating bread off the table to get rid of sin. The day is coming when you're not going to have to worry about foot washing to get yourself cleansed. Because I'm going to do something it's going to blow your mind. Jeremiah 31, 34. I will forgive your iniquity and will remember your sin no more. Now, that's good news. Somebody ought to say no more. Praise God. Praise God. I'm talking about, I'm talking about when, when you have done some things in your life and God says, I'm going to wash your record clean. Just receive it. Praise God for his goodness. Let's look at another promise. Michael, M-I-C-A-H, Michael chapter 7. Now, if you get the Daniel, just keep going. Michael chapter number 7. Now, this stuff here is so awesome. Michael chapter number 7. Because this is what God did. When you realize what God did, Michael chapter number 7 and verse number 18. Who is a God? Like unto thee. Watch what Micah is saying. Micah said, who is a God like unto thee that pardons iniquity, passes by transgressions of the remnant of your inheritance? The remnant of your heritage. He retained not his anger forever because he delighted, watch this, in mercy. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities. Thou will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. Watch what God said he's going to do. I'm going to read that out of the NLT. Going to cast all their sin into the depths of the sea. Man, I tell you this is an awesome thing. 
to know what God had done. When you know what he had done, then you don't have to depend on religion tradition. You don't have to wait until people, you really ain't got to wait to just anything. You don't have to wait, period. God has already done this. You can give God the praise. That, that's, that's Michael chapter number 7, verse number 18. Look, look at this verse again. This verse is so awesome until I tell you. He said, where's another God like you? That's what Michael said. There's nobody like him. He pardoned the guilt of the remnant, overlooking the sins of the special people, which was Israel at that time. He said, you will not stay angry with your people forever because you delight in showing mercy, which is unfailing love. You delight in showing mercy. He said, once again, you will have compassion on us. You will trample our sins. Watch this. Under your feet, my God Almighty. Why did Jesus die on the cross? If I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Watch what this Bible said in the NLT. You will trample our sins under your feet. You will throw them into the depths of the ocean. When Jesus died on the cross, he got victory over the law, over sin, and over death. He, was, he got a victory. He was made to be sin for us. Galatians 3.13, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. 2 Corinthians 5.21. See, he was made a curse. Galatians 3.13. 2 Corinthians 5.21, he was made to be sin for us. The cross, brother. That's why it's so awesome when you know what happened on the cross. My God, my God. Look at Hebrew chapter 9. Hebrew chapter 9. This is awesome. Now, we are showing you what, what God promised. Hebrew 9.22. But we're going to read Hebrew chapter 9 and verse 22. There's a verse that I'm going to read right before that. All that Jesus Christ has done. What, what a mighty God. What a mighty God. Somebody said, what a mighty God we serve. Hebrew chapter 9, verse 11. Let's start there. We're going to skip down to verse 22, but I want to read some of this. But Christ becoming high priest of good things to come. Verse 11, by a great and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hand, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, there it is, he entered in once into the holy place, having eternal, watch this, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Now, what is eternal redemption? I'm going to ask those people out there on Facebook right now. What is eternal redemption? I'm going to give you two verses to show it to you. First Corinthians, I'm sorry, Colossians chapter 1. I'm going to show it to you again. Colossians chapter 1, verse 14. We, in whom we have received redemption through his blood, comma. I'm going to give you a definition for redemption. The forgiveness of sins. So if God gave you eternal redemption, what did he give you? He gave you eternal forgiveness. 
It's not like I got to come back tomorrow and ask God to forgive me. I got to come back the next day. I got to come back. You're supposed to be thanking him for your redemption, thanking him for forgiveness every day. Thank God for forgiving you. You're going to come short. We all fall short. We don't practice falling short because you're supposed to be saved. But thank God every day for your forgiveness. Let me show it to you one more time. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Man, when you ever learn how to walk in this stuff, it's going to change your life. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 7. In whom we have redemption again. Ephesians 1 and 7. How you got it, Pastor? Through his blood. What is it? It's called the forgiveness of sin. And watch what he did. I like this. He said, according to the riches of his grace. Somebody ought to add that. And said, according to the riches of his grace. That's what the cross is. It's grace. This is a display of God's grace. This is a display of God's mercy. This is a display, don't drop, don't drop your cup, of God's love. So when you tell God, Lord, do you love me? Christ died for your sin. You asking him, do he love you? He buried in your place, went to hell for you. You asking him, do he love you? Rose from the dead so you can be right with God. And you asking him, do you love me? What an awesome God we serve. Hebrews chapter 9. Let's go back there again. Hebrews chapter 9. What an awesome God we serve. Hebrews chapter 9, verse number 22. And almost all things by the law purged with blood. But watch what he's going to say after that. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. Now just think about this. Here's a man told you he's going to baptize you in water for forgiveness of sins. And the Bible just told you if Christ did not shed his blood, there will be no forgiveness of sins. Hebrews 9, 22, once again. Hebrews 9, 9, 22, almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. Without Christ shedding his blood, you will not have no forgiveness of sins. And yet people are telling you, this is why I get mad. Get baptized in water in Jesus' name and get your sins forgiven. Do you hear the difference? Those are thieves and robbers. They're enemies of the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Eat communion. Take communion. Eat your Passover every Sunday. Just go sad and confess your sin. That's how you get rid of them. You're being deceived. You don't want to believe the word. Just receive it. God has forgiven you. Receive it. Church is a field. Every said, confess their sins. Confess their sins so I can take communion. Listen, God has forgiven you. Just receive it. Man, I tell you, this stuff is so good. This stuff is so good. Let me show you another one. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12. 
you right there in Hebrew. Hebrew chapter 10 and verse 12. But this man, I love this. But this man, but why would he start right there? He didn't. Go back to verse 10. By the which will, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ. Watch this. Once for all. Every priest standing daily and ministering oftentimes. The same sacrifices. Watch this. Which can never take away sins. Why, why did he say that? Because the next verse said, but this man. After he had offered, watch this, God, somebody help me praise. But after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever. Come on, let's say it. One sacrifice for sins forever. Here's people still trying to tell you to get baptized in water in Jesus' name, and you wonder why I get mad? Did you hear what he just said? God offered up his son on the cross one time for everybody, forever. You got to come out of your religion, come out of your tradition. Watch what he says. God, help me. Jesus, this stuff is so good. This man, after he had offered, we're in Hebrews 10 and 12. This man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin forever, sat down on the right hand of God, expecting his enemies be made his footstool. Well, who is his enemy? Enemies of the cross, Paul told you, because you do not believe that Christ died for your sin, you still try to wash away sin with water. You're an enemy of the cross. And the people who following you is God's enemy because you're not believing what God did on the cross to take away our sins. Verse 14. Hebrew 10, 14, for by one offering, the cross, he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. One offering on the cross. You don't have to wash feet no more. One offering. He has perfected forever them that are sanctified. God sanctified you, not washing your feet. God sanctified you, not washing in the baptism pool. God sanctified you, not eating the bread off the table. God did it all. Give him the praise. Give him the glory. Hallelujah. Oh, my God, my God. My God, my God. Give him the praise. Oh, my God. Let every head bow. Listen. Christ died for our sins. This is how you say you got to receive forgiveness of sins before you can receive your inheritance. And remember, your inheritance is everything God had done for you. But number one is eternal redemption. You have to receive Christ's forgiveness of sin, Acts 26, 18. Then you receive your inheritance. So when somebody tell you, you can get baptized in water, to receive forgiveness of sin, you can't do it. The gospel 
must be preached. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 3, Christ died for our sins. He was buried. God raised him from the dead. When you believe that, to receive is to believe. Let me say it again. To receive it is to believe it. When you believe it, you receive it. God gives you the Holy Spirit. He makes you his own son or his own daughter. And your sins, you know, receive. My time is up. I thank you for yours. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.